Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. I got my little favorite Gemini cup here this morning. Sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week, uh, April 5th through the 11th. Wow. We're already in April. It's amazing how fast the time flies. So I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Easter, or however you celebrate that particular holiday in your family. Hopefully it was peaceful, loving, kind, and fun. I had a very busy weekend, starting out with Friday, having a birthday party for my little nephew, uh, who thinks I'm his grandmother. So I'm grandma to him, and uh, shopping for all of that. Saturday, football games, because the youth football league that didn't get to play in the fall is now playing here in the spring. And then, of course, Sunday, Easter, and uh, family gathering. And it was quite the weekend. It was also Terry's and my, uh, uh, my 39th wedding anniversary. So we had a great time with family uh, eating and the weather was even cooperative. We got to spend some time outdoors. It was kind of kind of nice. So for me, it was a busy weekend, but a very nice family oriented weekend. And I hope the same for all of you. Uh, even while uh, the moon was dancing around in between Sagittarius and Capricorn, which is sometimes like going from uh, friendly, jovial uh, extrovert to more friendly, quieter uh, person that wants to be more introverted in Capricorn. So <laughs> the, the shift in the energy I felt sometime uh, early Sunday morning, but it wasn't, it was a good day. It was not something, uh, or Saturday morning, excuse me. So it was a good day. Uh, today we're going to talk about the moon, which is now just having moved into this morning, uh, 6.04 a.m. on the West Coast, into the sign of Aquarius. So we have new energy among us now. And so we're going to talk about what that is about. And today the moon will be in a conjunction to Pluto, a sextile to Mercury, and a square to Uranus. So there's a little bit of some up and down in the moods of the day, the feelings that we are experiencing from the day. Uh, but let's talk about what will happen with the moon in Aquarius or what's favored while the moon is in Aquarius. And then we'll talk about the week ahead, taking a look at some of the transits for the week. It is a pretty much a mixed bag uh, for the week. There are a couple of transits that give me pause and there are several that make me feel, hmm, okay, this can be a good week. So that tells me that we're all going to experience it in different ways. There's not like one collective uh, theme that's rolling through the week. And then we'll talk about the Pleiadian earth energy for the day. Today we come to two remembering, which means we started a new week. And the week and the umbrella energy or the overlighting energy, uh, as uh, Pia Orlean would say, is one transcending. So we're moving through something this week. We're moving through and up and over or letting go of. In some way, we are uh, evolving in this particular week. And then uh, if time uh, permits, we'll do a couple of card readings for uh, the collective. So let's take a look. I want to make sure I'm broadcasting this morning to the right place. And it looks like everybody has found me. This is a great thing. JLo, good morning to you, Asa. Good morning. Uh, 
JLo says hello, Astra family. Debbie Tippett's two meal. Good morning. Thank you very much. Asa Kathleen, good morning. Augustina, hello. And Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. Jennifer Peachy, Pauline Blenner, Corey, good morning. Good morning to everybody. So uh, not only did I complicate my life on Friday by broadcasting to the wrong YouTube channel, I also forgot to hit the record button. So it took me much longer to get the, <laughs> the video produced and up in the right places. So I apologize if you didn't get to see us live on that day. Uh, I at some point have to do something about that, that other YouTube channel because accidentally, especially when I clean out my, my cache memory and my cookies and all of that, which you know does happen on a regular basis, but uh, if I'm not thinking about the fact that I had just done that, then I don't think to log in back into my YouTube channel, the correct one that is. So surprise. <laughs> uh, and this may be a week of surprises as well. There are a couple of things as I look at the themes for the week. One is about shocks and surprises, revelations perhaps, or some kind of awakening, um, initiating us into a new way of behaving as the sun this week is sitting at the gate 51 in our human design charts, which is the gate of shock or the gate of initiation or initiating. And the purpose of that kind of shock is it to remind you that you're human and fallible. It is to remind you that you are of spirit and of a divine heritage. And so it shocks us into getting back or initiates us into really coming back to the energy of universal love and that's what's at the gate 25. That's the opposite gate. So we're drawing in the places where we have uh, the need to remember the truth of who we really are. So that, that particular shock and surprise is also happening because we have the moon today in Aquarius. So for the next couple of days, we are in Uranus territory with the moon and that may trigger some surprises and shocks as well. Uh, not necessarily of the ugly kind. I know when you say that word, sometimes it makes it feel like that there are you know, some very negative things associated with surprises and shocks, but what if it's the, the biggest blessing shock that you've ever had, right? Uh, so those things can happen. As well, this week, we are focusing some energy on desires. And this is not sexual desire. These are the things that we want in order to move forward in our lives, the things that we want to have, the things that we want to be or who we want to be and how do we get there, right? Those are the, the desires that we're talking about this week. And so these are themes that you're going to see that are sort of peppered throughout uh, the transits of the week ahead. So if we go now back to the moon in Aquarius, uh, I suggested that it was going to be a week of maybe some shocks and surprises with the moon sitting there. Uh, so let's take a look at the breakdown of the different things where those uh, opportunities for awakening can be happening in our lives. For one, Aquarius rules innovation and inventions, and it really shows us where our brilliance is, where our genius lies. And I know that when we use the word genius sometimes, um, because of the way that we have based our world on the mind, we immediately believe that, that what I'm talking about is someone who's uber smart, right? Who's a scientist level or you know someone that is very much in their intellect. But brilliance and genius have find their place in every human every human on the planet, 
because every human on the planet has that gate 43 in their human design, which is the gate of brilliance or genius. Even in the gene keys, we see that we are designed to be brilliant, right? That we are designed and that brilliance, let's back that up a minute. That brilliance comes when we are aligned with the truth of who we are and with, with the expression of what we want to be in the world. So our brilliance has nothing to do with our uh, smarts, you know, our brain power. It has nothing to do with how much you've learned and how well you can express what you've learned out in the world. It has everything to do with your alignment with the part of you, the, the part of genius that you are carrying to share with the world. And everyone has it, whether it is uh, based in brain power and uh, extraordinary gifts, you know, to apply in inventiveness and innovation in sciences or health or what have you, or whether it's genius that's applied to creativity and art or dance or poetry or writing, or whether you are brilliant in the way that you're able to communicate with people or to be a presence with people in your life, or whether you're able to just be down to earth and practical and can do the things that other people don't want to do or the things that other people can't do for themselves, no matter how you slice it, our brilliance and our genius has nothing to do with our brain power, it has to do with your ability to be you because you do you the best. And there's also a, a level of eccentricity that runs through the moon in Aquarius. I often think of Aquarians or especially when they have Aquarius on the rising I think of them as marching to the beat of their own drummer, right? They're not constrained by uh, the societal norms. They feel like they can be and do anything different than anyone else. That is Aquarian energy in a little nutshell right there. Eccentricity, uniqueness, genius, brilliance, all rolled up into uh, one uh, in the person who is do just doing what they do best or just being who they are. The moon in Aquarius also pushes us a little bit to look into the future, uh, looking at new trends, looking at what technology or um, inventions are, are bringing us in terms of, of technology and te technological advancements. Um, sometimes during a, a moon transit like this, we may feel more goal oriented, like we want to really look down the road 10 years from now, five years from now, and do we have a plan in place to execute our goals over that period of time. And above all, here we have the energy of following your own heart's desires. So we see the theme right here today as the moon moved into Aquarius, where the theme begins to pull us into living from that place. What is it that really drives us? What is it that really makes us happy? Because when you're happy and you're doing what you love, that shines out from you and allows other people to be magnetized towards you, maybe even of opportunities that are magnetized now towards you that allow you to move more and more towards your desires. So <clears throat> this week we're following our heart's desires. Humanitarianism is also in Aquarius where we're seeking the win-win um, way of being rather than I win, you lose, or I lose, you win, or we both lose. Um, it, we are seeking the way to 
move forward that serves everybody or the greatest number of people. And this is a sign that identifies with being human, right? Human humanity. It is um, seeing the wider world and how we all fit together in it, seeing the wider universe. At some point here, we'll become galactic citizens, and we're going to have to see not only how we fit into this world, but how we fit into a bigger world and what part we have to play in uh, the greater um, walk of life, if you will. And again, because the moon in Aquarius is also uh, associated with Uranus, we have the potential for surprises, revelations, for excitement, right? There might even just be this feeling of nervous energy that runs through us during the next couple of days as we be maybe can trace that to being excited about something. Um, and of course, unexpected results or unexpectedness should be expected. Expect the unexpected. And freedom, another word that is associated with uh, the, the moon moving through Aquarius or any body, of course, that's in Aquarius, seeing the bigger picture. So objectivity, right? Being able to step back and look in from a more objective viewpoint rather than just your narrow own, you know, personal viewpoint or opinions, uh, being able to see with a wider lens, if you will. This is a sign that rules divination and all the divination tools, astrology, tarot, oracle cards, I Ching, uh, you name it, this sign has the ability to tap into the future through those divination tools, seeing what lies ahead. It is also a sign known for humor and for manifesting our dreams, which is more about being able to follow your passions and your desires. <clears throat> um, in terms of um, uh, the sign in and of Blah, I can't talk, the sign of Aquarius and its rulership of the 11th house. The 11th house is a house of friendships and groups. And so we often see that um, the moon in Aquarius makes us more aware of our part in a group. Maybe we're spending more time with our friends or with our, in our network market in networks or in our network, social media networks where we're sharing and we're talking and communicating. Um, and it is also a sign of platonic love, that uh, the love that is that connects us through friendship and through uh, common goals and so forth. Of course, any sign has its more negative expression, and Aquarius is not an exception to this rule. It is all about excessive detachment. Sometimes in Aquarius's need for objectivity, they back so far out, they become detached. So we have a sense sometimes that we might become aloof or not caring, or we may have a fear of getting involved in issues or in people's lives or in uh, something, a, a new project even. So we may have the fear of getting involved. We may also participate in erratic or shocking behavior. Wouldn't be surprising at all. And uh, also being inflexible in our sharing of ideas or inspiration, but also our opinions, opinions, right? This is where we have this inflexible need uh, to assume that everybody believes as we do and that I'm right, you're wrong, and so on and so forth. So those are some of the things that we'll have to watch in the negative. In the body, the correlation of Aquarius to the body is through the calves, 
and the ankles through the circulatory system. So the blood moving through the, the body, um, through the muscles and in uh, causes of, or sometimes where the, the circulation gets clogged up, we have this idea of cramps or spasms in the muscles and varicose veins. So those are all the things that the moon in Aquarius has a connection to. You already saw a couple of our themes right there, right? Desires, following our desires and shocks and uh, surprises. So there's one place where we have that theme showing up this week. Now, when we talk about the moon in Aquarius conjunct Pluto, it was really conjunct Pluto in Capricorn before it moved into the sign of Aquarius. So we've already moved through this and that would have been in the early hours, well, for me, the early hours before I got up, but for some of you East Coast people, for example, maybe just as you were getting up this morning, um, you were feeling a little bit emotional, maybe a little bit like, you know, some kind of mood had struck you in, the, in maybe a dream that was like a hangover feeling. And that now has passed as now the moon is moving into a sextile with Mercury. And Mercury is in the very early degrees of Aries. And just having moved into Aries on the weekend, so we have a fast thinking mind, we have fast thinking communication, <laughs> so watch how your words are coming out. In a sextile to the moon, it means that we may be able to speak more with, with less emotion, maybe let's say speaking with emotion, but without the emotional reaction, right? So we can speak to emotions uh, and we can do that in a way where we're not reacting to what it is that people are saying. Later in the day, we'll have the moon in a square to Uranus, right? square to Uranus. That'll happen this afternoon where there may be some of the unexpected things happening or where surprises may happen. Uh, question, J-Lo, how can we intertwine the astrology of our charts and that of human design? Well, first you have to know, right? There's the first thing. If you don't know, then you can't even take this in, right? So you have to know. And um, I'll tell you for one thing here, the book of lines, let's see get that out without knocking everything over. This is one of my favorite books for helping. It has a lot of purposes, right? This is uh, by Keitan Parkin. And it is, for one, a guide to tell you what there is to know about each gate from the level of the I Ching. But he also goes into the same shadow and gift sort of energy that, that uh, Richard Rudd talks about in the Gene Keys only he does not call them the gene keys in here. And then at every gate down here in the bottom, if you guys have this book, is the, the uh, correlation to the uh, astrology. So you see, what gate did I pull open here? Gate 10 uh, has a Sagittarius Capricorn energy. You see all these gates now are aligned with Sagittarius Capricorn. So if we look at Aquarian uh, energy, so we'd want to look at early Aquarian energy, and we know that the sun today is going, you don't know yet, but I know that the sun today is in the gate 51. So if you go to the gate 51 here, sorry, that's not going to help us. We need the moon because the sun is not in Aquarius, the moon is in uh, Aquarius, not the sun is in Aries. So if you look down here, you see though that the gate 51 is all about Aries. 
And then let's see what gates the moon is in today. If you want to know about the moon, because now the moon moves faster. So you're going to have instances here where you're moving through several gates in one day, two to three of them to be exact. Today's the fifth. Today the moon is in gate 60 and in gate 41. It just so happens to be in probably right now changing from 60 to 41. So if we look at 41 down here, you'll see that this is Aquarius, right? This is an Aquarius gate. And so anyway, and then over here on this uh, facing page here, it tells you uh, the different lines that it might be in. So this book has multiple uses. And even though you may not know exactly um, how to use it in the beginning, over time, you'll really come to understand uh, how to use that. So when we're starting to weave, then I probably should do this weaving in the themes of the moon in human design throughout the day. So if the moon is landing in the gate 60, it said 60 and then 41, the gate 60 is a gate of conservatism. And indeed, it's probably already through that gate because that's also where Pluto is sitting, right? And I said that the first transit of the day before the moon moved into Aquarius was the conjunction to Pluto. In fact, the moon was probably in the void at the time that uh, just before the conjunction was made and, or I mean, then the, the conjunction was made and then the moon moved into the void. So you probably were sitting with the conjunction of uh, the moon to Pluto for a while. And the gate 60 then was playing a major role in the energy of that, that couple of hours of time or several hours of time. And the gate 60 conservatism is on the sacral and it or on the, the root center. And it is taking us into um, the energy that will move us through change, right? It connects with the gate three on the sacral center. So we have 60 on the root center, three up at the uh, sacral center, and they connect through the channel of change and mutation or transformation. So it's a big energy. And then later in the day, the moon moves into the gate of imagination and creativity, fantasy. That is the gate 41. So I hope that that was a long way around. I hope that answered your question, JLo. Um, my mind seems to be whirling around here this morning with different things. Uh, so you can let Asa know whether there's more to that question or not, but I hope that helps. Uh, so let's take a look at the week ahead. Uh, today is Monday the 5th. We have the new human design week today, but no other major transits happening. Tomorrow we have Venus in a sextile to Mars. That's a really affectionate, romantic, sort of loving kind of connection, also creative. Uh, Wednesday, a blank. There's nothing much going on that day of any difference. I do believe the moon, yeah, the moon shifts into Pisces that day. And then on Thursday, we have Jupiter changing to the gate 30, the gate of desires and passion in your human design. We're going to talk about that. And on Friday, Mars squares Neptune that urges us into more spiritual territory, causing us to slow down, maybe being a little more confused, um, not necessarily seeing things clearly, uh, not sure what direction to go in. So that will be on Friday, Saturday, the new human design week. So we have from now until uh, Saturday in the, in the gates of shock and uh, clarity. And the moon will move into Aries 
in preparation for its new phase, uh, which will occur on Sunday with a very powerful Venus squaring Pluto during that moon. So we've got that. We'll break that down here into its component parts. Let's take a look first at our human design uh, energy for the week that begins today. And here we go. I'm going to share my screen. There we go. So it's week two in uh, human design. It's time to awaken to the truth of who you are and what you are here to share with the world. That is the purpose, the design behind the week. We're going to see that theme also applied in another way uh, through today's Pleiadian Earth energy. So I love it when these themes sort of kind of weave themselves together. Um, so that begins with the sun at the gate 51, with the gate of initiation. You can't, it's right here. This is where the gate 51 is. It's on the heart center or the ego or will center. And it connects over here to the gate 25, where uh, I believe it was Mars was sitting. Let's see, does Mars stay there this week? Mars is now, um, no. It wasn't Mars, it was Mercury. And of course, today's the last day that Mercury will be there. So today, the whole channel of 2551 is connected up in all of our charts, whether you have it defined or not, it doesn't matter because we have two planets that are making the connection for us for the day today, Mercury at 25 and the sun at 51. So they're completing the channel of awakening or of initiation. So we may be awakening to our higher purpose, um, really re-energizing ourselves uh, to move more fully into our divine plan. This is also a catalyst energy. So the gate 51 catalyzes faith, faith in ourselves, faith in our connection to a higher power, and the faith that says, I know that everything is working out for me in the way that it is meant to work out so that we have faith and trust in the higher powers. When we look at the gene keys, we see the shadow is agitation. I think that's um, appropriate, right? It's the washing machine syndrome, right? You know, where we're being shaken and shaken. The washing machine agitates your clothes to have them re release the dirt. Maybe we're being agitated in the shadow to release the things that don't fit, to release our untruths, to help us wake up through the gift of initiative. And initiative sounds like taking the initiative, but it's starting something, but it's really not used in that way here. Here, initiative is the, the energy that behind the, the scene, this is an energy that is of an initiating sort that moves us forward, that, that prompts us to move. And where we tend to be stuck is where the shocking energy or the awaking energy comes in. The agitation comes in to make sure that we're going to awaken, that we're going to initiate, that we're going to move through and forward and up into the higher being. And the Siddhi here is definitely awakening. And awakening is a process more of maybe remembering, right? There's also some remembering energy that goes here where we have to remember, we have to awaken so that we can remember the truth of who we are. So the sun is in a very powerful gate this week, prompting a whole host of things within us 
uh, prodding us forward, pushing us uh, to become more of who we are meant to be. Now, the earth, of course, always holds the space of grounding. And in grounding, what we mean is that these are the energies that have to be taken care of before we can actually become initiated. And one of those is gate 57, where we have intuition and where we have instinct. So this is a, a gate that has extraordinary intuition and it's there to guide us. And no matter whether you have the gate defined by birth or whether you don't, you have the gate 57. So we are all inclined to be intuitive and to have the ability to instinctively take action. But sometimes these gates, this is on the spleen center, so it sits over here. In fact, you can see it right here. The gate 57 is going to lead right to the throat center, or it's going to lead right to the identity center, or it can even move to the sacral center. So we are either instinctively going to run or do or make something happen, or we're going to instinctively tap into the energy of self-love in the identity center that will prompt us to um, really look at whether taking action is in our highest and best interest, or the 57 can run us right up to the throat center where we can become empowered to speak or to manifest or to do the things that our intuition has been prompting us to do. So the spleen gates though, remember, are also fear gates and they can sort of uh, act as paralysis points in our chart. So the 57 paralysis here would be that we are we don't believe that we have intuition. I hear that a lot of times from people with the gate 57. Uh, they think they don't think of themselves as intuitive or instinctual, but they are definitely always behaving in that way. And when you sit them down and you talk to them, they really start to understand, wow, yeah, of course I'm intuitive. I'm always in the right place at the right time with the right people and the right opportunities when I'm tapped in and when I'm not, or when I'm ignoring what my body is telling me or what my senses are telling me, then I find myself in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and the wrong opportunities. Um, and uh, okay, you're, Debbie, I see that message Asa sent to me. I get it, honey. It's okay. I'm, I was sort of feeling like that myself yesterday. I'm thinking it's like allergies because like my windows in my car were like, I've had a fine sheen of yellow pollen all over them. So sometimes that makes you feel crappy too. So we wish you much healing energy, Debbie, take care of yourself, uh, drink some hot tea, cuddle up in a blankie and read a good book. Um, Okay, going back to the earth here, then at the gate 57, it is the energy that's going to guide us, but the fear here can be that of the future. We're afraid of what we, of what that instinct might mean, right? What, what does it mean if, the, if our intuition keeps prompting us to do something, but we are holding fear about it? Um, push through it and do it anyway, right? Push through, listen to your intuition. In the gene keys, this becomes the shadow of unease. And uh, the way Richard talks about unease in that particular gate is there's just this sense when we're not following our intuition or we're not doing what it is that we know we're supposed to do, we feel that sort of uneasy feeling or that I often think of it as like a nervous tension, that restlessness, it's just beneath the, the skin, right? Just kind of there. Uh, but when you are 
elevating and using your intuition that it becomes the gift level of intuition. And in the city, clarity, clarity, who doesn't need clarity, right? We always seem to need or want more clarity and we are all ready to tap into that. All right, so that's our human design. Let me stop sharing that. Um, stop sharing. So that's our human design week. Um, Venus in a sextile to Mars. And of course, Asa, I'm sure, has made up the graphics for these things and will be putting those up on the social media place platforms for you. Um, but Venus in a sextile to Mars, like I said, is romantic. It has a sort of affectionate energy to it. Uh, it's one of the best transits for socializing and for being with friends, um, or at least in your relationships, feeling good with one another. We personally feel more confident and we are more confident in pursuing our desires. Again, this theme of pursuing our desires or living from our desires, connecting with our desires. So uh, this is a great time to put your work out there. If you've not done that before, if you've hesitated putting something out that you've been working on, it's a great time to do that. And it's also good for those of you who are dating. I don't know if dating is a thing right now with COVID, but if it is, then there is a chemistry going on between us and others at this point in time that might make this a very interesting um, connection that you might make. And that is on April 6th, so starting tomorrow. But as, as always, there's always the time before, which we're already in today, the time of, and then the next day, the time as it wanes or uh, yeah, wanes, passes on. Um, in human design, Venus and Mars are going to be playing at the gate 37 and the gate 20. The gate 37 is on the emotional center, and the emotion here is about creating peace. So Venus is in a place of peace. She wants peace in her relationships, right? She wants those opportunities for friendships and for uh, relationships to be mutual. So we're, we're again looking at win-win, right? Where everybody's feeling good. Mars in the gate 20 says, hang on, have patience. Or maybe it's the gate telling Mars to hang on and have patience because that's what the uh, energy is, the quantum human design level, the gate 20 is about having patience, waiting for the right opportunities to respond to, then you are in the, the realm of peace or you're in the way of peace rather than disharmony. So that's our Venus sextile Mars. On Thursday, Jupiter will move into the gate 30. Uh, I also have uh, a graphic for that. I'm going to share, share my screen. There we go. Here we go. Jupiter into the gate 30. The gate 30 lives on the emotional center. And for those of you who were doing the free course, the astrology of 2021, I go deeply into what all of these different gates mean with Jupiter, because it seems like Jupiter's really growing and expanding. That's his purpose, growing and expanding and uh, our wisdom. And he's been moving through the gates on this, the emotional solar plexus, teaching us about emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence means our ability to be in response to what is showing up in our world, as opposed to being in reaction to what is showing up in our world, being um, able to um, hold space, just to breathe even for a moment before you just knee jerk into something, right? Now at the 30, the knee jerk might be about our passions. This is a very intense gate. Um, in fact, when we see this gate in uh, defined in somebody's chart, 
we're, we already know as uh, consultants that we're going to have to have a conversation with this person about being attached to the way that we think things should happen. Because we have this sense that this is my passion, this is what I want, and I'm holding on to it so tightly that in effect, I'm actually constricting it, smothering it, rather than just holding it lightly, knowing that this is what I want. Eventually, I want to get this book published, right? I want to get this book out here. And yet I'm holding that timing and everything else in spirit's hands uh, lightly, right? Because the spirit knows how to get things the best way possible in the right timing, and things happen by magic when we are holding our passions lightly. Uh, so Jupiter will be in the gate 30 for a month from April 8th, uh, Thursday, until May 8th. And this will be what the time for us to, to discover which of our dreams has really gotten legs with it. Like what, what's really showing up in your outer world that relates to your passion. And then holding fast to that, sustaining it, until, sustaining the desire until it actually manifests, right? So here's where we have to, to, if we're starting to see things happen around a desire we have or a passion that we're expressing in the world, um, then the, the, the lesson is not to quit too soon just because you think it should have happened today and it doesn't happen and you're like, oh, well, I'm done, right? You can't do that. We have to discover which of the dreams that we have that are really starting to manifest. And then we have to hold uh, with that to be in a sustaining energy until it actually manifests. This is also a gate that becomes inspired and in their inspiration ends up inspiring others to reach for the stars. So we all want to be asking ourselves, are we a source of inspiration for people or are we uh, taking inspiration away from others? And that all begins in that level of your own inspiration, your own inspiritedness in how it is that you're showing up in your passions. And this is the potential to burnout. This is a center that connects to the root center. Um, so the root center, and interesting because I just now realized too, Oh, that was just the moon today. Never mind. So this isn't even in action as a channel and probably won't be. Uh, but the gate 41's energy is about imagination and creativity, right? About fantasy and having the ability to imagine and then bring in. So the potential here is to burn out when we're focusing on the wrong dream, right? When we are, when we think this is our passion uh, or worse, somebody outside of us seems to believe that that's our passion uh, or wants us to believe that that's our passion. And then we try to put our energy into that. And the more we do that, the less is happening, right? The more we're getting to a burnout stage. And uh, the correct thing is for you to follow your own heart, to follow your own dreams, to follow your own passions. Jupiter expands and grows everything that he touches. So he can either expand the I'm focusing on the wrong thing, or he can expand the, oh, I'm focusing on what I'm really loving and what I'm really passionate about. And you'll know the difference because the excitement level that you feel as a human being, the way that you feel in your moods will tell you, right? If you're down and you're out and you're not feeling good about it, then you're likely focused on the wrong dream. 
if you feel excitement when you think about doing that more and more or bringing more and more of those qualities out in yourself, then you're focusing on the right one. It's super simple, but we just have all these things in the conditioning field that tend to make us think that, you know, that our passions uh, have to be about what we do or about how we make more money. Um, so that isn't the case, right? Passion is what you love, what would, what you would do or who you would be all day long, every day, if you could do that, right? Even if you weren't receiving any money for it. So that's, uh, how you know that you're in the passion part of this. And again, that's another energy, another indication. Uh, this is the second or third, uh, reiteration of desire, right? Being in your desire, um, and sometimes because this gate has a, a high frequency attached to it, there can be instances where you become shocked by how easy things are when you are aligned in your passion, or you can be shocked by how things just crumble apart where you thought you were uh, passionate about something and it turns out it just fizzled away or just went away. Uh, but right? It's up to you to focus on the things that make you happy. That's one of the things about the uh, emotional center is that our feelings, our moods become barometers of whether we are in the right direction or if we are in the wrong direction. Because if you're aimed in the wrong direction, your emotions or your moods are going to get more to the lower frequency. They're not going to feel as good. You're not going to feel as satisfied. You're not going to feel as happy or passionate. When your moods are tell when your your mood or your emotions are in that territory, it's a possibility that you are focused on the wrong thoughts or that you're focusing your time and your energy on doing something that you thought somebody else wanted you to do and not what was really true for you. We have to be careful here though, because um, the energy in this channel, in this gate even, can be connected to our creativity and our creativity goes through those two processes, the inner process where there, it can be slower or more melancholic, and it can also be the expression of the outer where we're expressing it, we're living that passion. So we also have to be aware that sometimes the mood isn't really about something we've been focusing on in, in our thought processes that are incorrect. Um, or that we're doing something wrong, or we're, you know, ignoring something. It's that we are in the lull, right? We're in the womb. The uh, creation phase begins in that womb. So we have to be careful here not to assume if we're not feeling passionate and excited and all, you know, giddy about what we're doing, then it's a possibility that we're in that more creative, the inner phase of that creative energy where melancholy may be the case or lethargy may be the case or where you're feeling just not sure of what direction to go. So it's going to be a big deal for the next month uh, as we're working through passion and growing what it is that we are passionate about. Okay, questions about anything with that? Asa, I've... Okay, no, no questions, good. 
Uh, okay, what else? After that, on Friday, Mars comes into a square with Neptune. That's a call for us to become more social or more spiritual, excuse me, and to really be more focused inward rather than focused on action in the outer world, because out there it may be a little unclear, but inside we may seek clarity by going within. We'll talk more about that on Friday. Uh, Saturday, of course, is a new human design week where we go into the completion phase of things, the starting the right things, completing the right things. The moon moves into Aries in preparation for the new moon. Mercury and Venus both come into a sextile phase, Mercury to Saturn and Venus to Jupiter. And then of course on Sunday, the new moon and Venus squaring Pluto. So on Friday, we'll have a lot to talk about as well uh, because the weekend seems like one of kind of energized um, uh, energy around us or energized frequency around us. All right, questions, go ahead and put those in there. I'm going to go see here. Any comments? Uh, JLo, I have 43, 41.3, excuse me, in my unconscious sun. So your unconscious sun is being triggered by Jupiter from April 8th until May 8th. So if your gate 30 is normally not defined by anything, if it's open, in other words, it means this whole channel of fantasy and imagination will be defined for you for that month. And that's a great time for you to really start with the, the things that have been playing in your imagination, bringing them into and crystallizing them into reality. So it might be a really good time for that. Uh, JLo with 57, I have all of them connected, all of them, meaning maybe all of the gates on the spleen. You'll have to tell me more about that. So you could see that we're going to have all of this. You guys are learning. I think this is really great that you're learning how to connect your own human design and your own astrology to the transits and things that are happening on a daily basis. And that is exactly what I wanted to do. Sue, good morning. Oh, my job. My God, I was finally able to connect. Hello. Hello to you, too. Thank you for joining us. It's good to see you. Uh, glad you made it, says Sue or says uh, JLo. Carol, good morning. Woohoo! I go out on my vision quest for five nights starting Friday. I'm excited. And then, of course, that's the new moon at the same time over that weekend. So not only are you going through, Carol, the dark phase of the moon, right? The, the two days typically before the new moon are called the dark moon or the uh, balsamic moon. Sometimes you're going to hear it said where we're in the dark, right? Where we have this really very powerful internal call, uh, time for us to be very aware of our internal uh, things. And then the moon gets new. And I don't remember what time that is. Do I have that? I do somewhere here. Uh, so the new moon occurs uh, at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time and 10.31 p.m. East Coast time. It'll be for those of you in Europe and beyond that have that on the 12th, uh, which will be Monday. For all of us here in the USA, we'll have this on April 11th, later in the evening. And that brings up something new. But here's the interesting thing about that new moon. And again, we're gonna dig into this more on Friday, but just because um, Carol's out there and she will be in this phase, as she's shifting out of the dark of the moon and into the new moon during a vision quest, which I think is just totally perfect, that the theme comes up that's inner fulfillment, right? It's about new birth, but it is sitting in human design at the gate 
of conclusion, right? Bringing things to a conclusion. So celebration, when something is brought to conclusion and something new opens up. So maybe those first couple of days will be about concluding the old you and then on the new moon, starting out something new for you. And I think this is gonna be an interesting time for you to be on a vision quest, Carol. Uh, Corey, can you remind me what it means when a triangle or block is filled in? So I think what you're talking about is a center in your human design becomes filled in. So for example, uh, that means that there are planets at either end of a channel that connects. When they connect, then the center gets colored in or defined. And when a center is defined, it means it's broadcasting energy. So let's see if I can do something here uh, by way of example. Let's see if I can go to genetic matrix. And once I get there, then I will share my screen and we'll play with building a chart. Dum, dum, dum. Okay, create. And chart builder. Okay, let me share my screen with you all. All right, so here's what a blank human design chart looks like. Uh, so we're going to build a chart. So um, let's see, who was it? So JLo um, has an open, let me fill this in. Uh, she has, and I'm going to say that this is defined. So when it colors in, it's defined. And we're going to color it into the emotional center right here. So without if I only had the gate, let's cycle through here. If I only had the gate 41 and nothing else that was defining as a channel on the center, it would remain white. And that would mean it's open. In an open center, we're taking in the energy from those around us. And we tend to amplify that energy and rebroadcast it. But it is also a place where we have mistaken motivations for doing things that we thought we were meant to do, but it turns out it really wasn't us. It is a place where we can... Uh, reach burnout in some cases because we're overusing the energy, not realizing that we're amplifying someone else's energy. We call this conditioning, where you're behaving in a way uh, or reacting in a way that isn't true or correct for you. It's because someone else around you has that completing energy. But then there are times when we have transits that come along and they complete both ends of a channel. When that happens, now this is broadcasting energy, but it's also temporary. So Corey, when you have temporary energy, so right now, let's just say this is happening. And it, well, this is gonna happen for JLo for a month, right? From, mm, it was April 8th to May 8th. So for a whole month, she's going to have this channel of, um, imagination and creativity defined. And if she gets really into this energy, just being very creative and doing this and doing that and feeling like she's, you know, the artist of the world at the moment. Um, and it's not always just artistry. It can be in business. It can be anything of a creative na of nature. Then she gets used to that energy broadcasting. And then all of a sudden, Jupiter moves into a new gate and is no longer sitting at the gate 30. And now that center is no longer defined. And she's wondering, where did my creativity go? I was in such a flow and I was doing so well. But she has to remember that the energy is temporary when it's turned on like that. 
So temporarily, she will have access through the gate 30 being defined by Jupiter, and that will connect with her natal 41. Now, let's do something a little bit different here. Let me take all of that back. So today we have the sun sitting at the gate 51 and the earth sitting at the gate 57. Now, I told you in the beginning when we were talking about this that there were three different ways that the 57 could connect. And that would be, let's say, for example, someone has the gate 10 in their chart and it's hanging. Uh, hanging meaning it would look like this, right? It's just hanging there. But now with the earth sitting at the gate 57, it's connected. That turns on this center and turns on this center. And then today we have Mercury sitting at the gate 25, which now turns on this center and the identity center is turned on and the spleen is turned on or defined, right? Defined. So now we have people with a lot of exploring energy here, right? Being Having the courage of their own convictions. And we have people here that are becoming initiated or shocked perhaps into recognizing something new about themselves or remembering who they really are. And then of course, tomorrow, Mercury's gone from there and into another gate. So that is only for one day. And that's why the shocking nature here could be awakening and then sends you on a, a, a various travels to find out more about who you are and what you're doing. Uh, at the end of the week, then the sun will, or the earth will move into a different gate. And now that will be back to turned off as will the ego or heart center. And maybe even the identity center, depending on if there were other channels that might've defined it. So let me know, did I just confuse the hell out of you guys or did that make sense? Uh, <laughs> because it gets to be a little bit tricky. The, the thing that I would say is always have a copy of your own human design chart and your own astrology chart when we're talking about these things in the morning. And then look and see what it looks like in your own chart. So for example, in my own personal chart, I have gate 25. Uh, it's the sun, uh, the, the life purpose sun in my chart, and it hangs. But now all week this week, that gate 51 is going to be defined and it is go by the sun. So now that transiting sun is going to be defined to my uh, life purpose sun. So I fully expect there's some form of wake up call or initiation that I receive this week. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know um, if, if it's minor or if it's major, but you can bet I'm sitting here going, oh, okay, something of a shocking or awakening nature might be occurring this week for me. And um, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be negative. It could be very positive. Uh, but certainly something will either occur to me that, you know, maybe shocks me and makes me wake up and go, whoa, okay, um, or not, right? There's the always the or not part. Um, and then if you have something in your own chart that's defined and it's hanging and a planet goes through it, then it's going to define the other center and that gate in your chart. So always knowing your own human design is the first place to start. And then even the moon becomes something of us being able to predict the energy for us personally for the day. So if we know today the moon is moving through the gate 60 and the gate 41, 
and maybe you have the gate 60 open and the gate 41 open, then you know today the moon is going to trigger something at one of those gates, the gate of imagination in the 41 or the gate of conservation at the gate 60. Maybe you'll have to come into, uh, you'll have to face something where that's not sustainable in your life. And maybe you'll have some huge creative aha. Either way, that's the moons moving through there, but it doesn't stay, right? It doesn't stay. That's why I often say it's really good to have a pen and a little pad of paper or something or your phone uh, where with an app that you can record. Uh, because sometimes when the moon is moving quickly through gates like this this week, especially because it, especially while it's in Aquarius, really great ideas may occur to you. And then they're here and then they're gone. So write it down. All right. Uh, lastly, this morning, let's talk about where the Pleiadian energy is. Today is at two remembering. Remembering energy is Monique in the Mayan calendar. It was often represented by a hand um, and it uh, sort of was about reaching out and being able to have tools to help others. The energy of two is about duality. Duality, the power of two, instead of the division and the polarity of two that we've turned it into here on the planet. The power of duality is being able to see both sides and how they both hold creative energy in attention so that things can manifest. And instead, we've taken that, that duality and we've turned it into us versus them or a tool of separation. So we have an opportunity on our two days to heal the separation. Remembering energy is about solving the paradox that we have in our lives between our desire for freedom and independence and the desire to be part of a family or of a community. So sometimes there's that, that tension between what I want to do and what I need to do because of the community I'm a part of. So we have to remember, what do we need to remember? Uh, and this is tantamount to awakening, right? What are we remembering? One, our interconnectedness. Two, that, our abun that we are abundant by nature. And three, what more is possible? right? Possibility thinking rather than absolute. And four, peace is possible when especially you are able to heal that duality where you're seeing the duality as uh, very creative, the need for duality in order to create, right? Uh, so seeing what more is possible. We have a theme this week of tapping into our desires and we also have a theme this week that may be shocking and surprising. All right. So I'm going to draw one card. It's about almost nine. So let's see. I'm going to draw a spirit animal and a wisdom of the oracle. My two favorite, one of my two favorite decks. They're all my favorite decks. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see if we can get some wisdom from an animal uh, that can help us. Uh, to be in the right place at the right time with the right people, to be in response versus reaction, uh, to be open to expressing our desires, making sure, tapping in, making sure we're not tapped into somebody else's. Oh my gosh, we got the canary. Sing your own song. Card number 12. It did come out upside down this way, so it's in protection. Sing your own song. Isn't that a beautiful little bird? I mean, if I saw a canary flying around with a crown on, I would be shocked. I got to tell you of a little shock I had last night. 
So we usually go to bed about 10 or 1030 at night. So about 10 o'clock last night, I was like tired. Then I realized the cat was out and I don't want to lock up the house and leave her outside all night. I, I have glass doors, so I don't have the ability to put in a cat door. So I can't just, I either have to leave my door open, which I'm not going to do, or I have to close her outside all night. So I'm standing outside uh, in my pajamas, barefooted. It's cold. And I look up at the stars and I'm like, oh my God, the sky is so magnificent tonight. And just then a shooting star went across the sky. And uh, I said, oh, wish upon a falling star. So I wished for Binksy to come home. And I walked in, I, I walked away, I walked in the door. And just as I went to close the door, Binksy comes sliding in right between my feet. And I got my wish. I mean, literally that was fun and exciting. And I was like shocked. I'm like, wow, I got my wish. And card 12, Canary Spirit says, sing your own song. And the message, I'm going to read the message in protection since she was upside down. Are you suppressing your true voice, perhaps trying to sing the song you think people want to hear instead of your own? You create a cage around your life when you express only what you think will help you fit in and get what you think you want. Are you hiding the real you? telling a safe story about yourself to others because you're afraid they will think you are too different, different in quotes, if they knew the truth. Canary Spirit comes to help you express yourself in a more honest and authentic way. Yes, not everyone will agree with you. In fact, not everyone will want to hear your originality or accept your uniqueness. You must not give this a single care. There will be plenty of people, opportunities, and wonderful new experiences that arrive as if by magic once you open your own cage door and fly free. Canary Spirit is cheering for you and wants you to know you are safe and loved. Find your voice and have courage to spread your wings and sing out loud. The world needs your true song. I mean, there's magic playing out here every morning, isn't there, guys? When we're on air, I swear, the cards just bring us the exact thing that we need to hear. And it's nice when it dovetails with uh, what it was that I was talking about. And let's do a wisdom of the oracle. Let's see what wisdom, what wise words we can get from the oracle this morning. Again, both those decks are by Colette Baron reed She puts out some really powerful decks. She has a new one coming out, or it's... I haven't received mine yet, but it's out. Um, the Shamanic Oracle. Oh, hey, we had by the book pop out card number 11. Card number 11 by the book. Look at the elephants following one another. And by the book was straight up. 11 is a master number in numerology, the number of illumination. Let's see what we're being illumined to. The essential meaning of this says abiding by social rules, conformity, respecting cultural or family customs and universal laws. The universe works within a structure of divine laws and principles that provides a framework for human experience and evolution. The law of abundance, the law of prayer, the law of karma, the law of attraction, the law of thought, the law of compensation and the law of nature are only a few that are known. These principles create perfect order and operate with a kind of precision beyond human understanding. Even revolution has its place in universal law. Human beings, in turn, have their own laws and customs that vary from culture to culture and family to family. Laws keep social order and govern behavior. 
reflecting an instinctive understanding that harmony is important. This is a time to learn these laws and conform to them rather than being the rebel and flouting them. Hmm, I'm thinking balance here. When this card appears, submit to structure and follow the rules, even if they seem to make no sense. Release resistance for universal laws will correct any disharmony. Open your eyes to those universal laws and it will be easier to go by the book at this time. So while we still have that energy of uniqueness with Aquarius, it would say, let's not be the rebel without a cause. <laughs> let's not be contrarian just because. Uh, let's make sense, right? Let's follow some rules uh, because those are there as guidelines to help us get to where we want to be and to who the expression of our fullness is. That is it for me today, guys. I will see you on Friday and we'll be talking more about the new moon, especially because that's the primary um, transit for the weekend. In the meantime, everybody have a wonderful week. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be on Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific. So that'll be 7 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. I will be with Natasha Venter. You see her here with us in the morning sometimes. Uh, I'm going to be on her podcast uh, you can find us on her Facebook page and the Facebook page name is Angelic Clarifications. So I will post that up for everybody here a little bit later, 4 p.m., 7 p.m. Uh, take care, everybody. See you. See you either then or I'll see you on Friday morning. Bye for now.